Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on your journey through boutique land. Today's episode is a good one because I'm talking to my friend Kinsey Madsen. You guys, hopefully you know Kinsey. If you don't, like, get ready. (laughs) She and I met through one of my clients who is incredible. We talk a little bit about her in the episode, but what I realized is that Kinsey is like the best friend every boutique owner wishes they had because not only is she super creative, she's amazing at branding, but she's also just your biggest cheerleader. Like I watch her stand next to my client and just cheer her on, make her feel great and encourage her. And I think that because Kins has such a positive attitude, it's infectious. Honestly, like you can't not love Kinsey. Well, here's what I'll say. You either love her or you don't. (laughs) I'm on the team where I'm like, oh my God, I love this woman. I love what she's putting out into the world. And I love that she's just bold and she goes after what she wants. You know, Kinsey is known for her branding. She's an amazing graphic designer. And what I'll say about her graphic design, being a designer myself in my own background, is that she's always looking forward. She's always seeing what the trends are. And that, to me, is something that you can't teach. Her intuition around what is cool and what's going to work and what's hip and what's next and fresh, like, that is what makes makes Kins so special is that she's always on the cutting edge of what's next. She has a signature course called the Boss Babe Branding School, and she is all about teaching everyone, really. She has a lot of boutique owner clients, but she's all about teaching really why branding is important and what does that actually mean. And in this episode, if you've been struggling with your branding or struggling with your messaging or uh, things in your business, I really want you to listen to this episode and take notes because we give you a ton of free knowledge bombs about what boutique owners' mistakes they're making with their branding, how to really get to the heart of what it means to brand your business. And I think no matter what stage you're at in your boutique business, This episode is going to give you some new ideas, some fresh insights, and just a really fun conversation. You know, one of the things that I love about Kins is that she is just easy to talk to. She goes deep fast, and I love that. And so in this episode, you're going to really get a taste of who Kinsey is, what she does, and how she can help you, whether it's on this episode, in one of her courses, or frankly, just by following her on Instagram, because honestly, she's always posting and dropping like the freshest 
designs, branding ideas, insights. Like she is just an advocate for be yourself, do what you love and don't care what anybody else thinks. So I hope some of her, her attitude and her positivity rubs off on you in this conversation. So let's get to it. Kinsey Madsen, Kinsco World, welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally be on. I know. It's like a long time coming. Mm -hmm. We've been friends for like a while now. Yeah. (laughs) And just like Instagram friends, magic friends. (laughs) I feel like things, once we got to meet in real life, I was like, oh my gosh, like Emily, I need her. I need her in my life in all the ways possible. Your energy in real life is so fun to be around. Oh, thank you. Well, that's why, yeah, I'm going to start doing more events and stuff, but yeah, it's always fun to hang out with you because I feel like you're always on the cutting edge, like you are me like 10 years ago, you know, when you're just like, (laughs) you know, what's cool. And like, sometimes I just feel so old around you, but like, that's not true at all. I don't feel that about you. Okay. Well, I always think that you just like, you know, what's coming, like, you know, the trends, like I always go to your Instagram to be like, okay, what kind of graphics is she using? Like, you know, and I think like a lot of what you teach is linked back into what you're so naturally good at, which is kind of cool. Cause like you, I think one of your strongest things that you teach is really about like branding and having a voice and you've helped a lot of boutique owners figure that out. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. It's fun. I mean, it's what I love to do. And I think a lot of times we think that that aspect of things like the branding, it can feel so overwhelming. Like, especially as a boutique, when there's a lot of people that are doing the same thing. I mean, any single business that you're starting, there's like a lot of people doing it, but it actually gets to be really fun and easy. And it's like, to me, branding is just coming home to who you are and it's coming home to like everything that you are at your core. And it doesn't have to be a scary thing of like, what's my voice? Who's my dream customer? It's like, no, how do you talk to your friend about this new shirt that you bought at Target? That's your brand. Like that's who you are. So simple. Yeah. So simple. Don't have to overthink about it. I mean, in terms of boutique branding though, like I teach branding a little bit in some of my courses, but I feel like it's very clear to me when I go to a boutique's website or walk in their store, they either have a clear vision or they don't. Mm -hmm. So like, tell Mm -hmm. me how you would walk a listener through, let's say they think I have no branding or Mm -hmm. I hate my branding or I hate whatever, you know, because branding is more than a logo. So like, walk me through how you would walk a boutique owner through this process of like, like you said, coming back home to who you are. Like, how do we get there? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing that I would say is release the pressure around having a perfect logo and website in the beginning, because I think a lot of people in the beginning, if they can't invest in hiring somebody to do that or taking a higher level course to learn how to do that themselves, they just kind of like throw shit to the wind and they're like, well, okay, I don't care that I'm not going to be able to have a good brand. And like, In social media, with the world of social media, your logo is like kind of the, yeah, it's what people see when they're looking at your profile, but that's it. Like there's mostly it's like the visuals and how you talk and everything like that. So release the pressure around your logo and your website first off. And then the next thing that I would say is unfollowing everybody who's doing the same thing as you. (laughs) Because so we, we can say we're not comparing ourselves. We can say that we're not taking inspiration from other places, but I've even had to do this. I don't follow anyone on my Instagram account anymore. I follow a dog and a bunny. I unfollowed everybody. And now I'll go and I'll look at profiles of people that I'm like, Oh, I wonder what they're doing. And I almost use it as more 
like conscious social media where I'm like, Oh, how's Emily doing? What is she up to? Oh, okay. My best friend who owns a boutique, I go look at her stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, she launched this. Da, da, da. But instead of having this overwhelm of content and then thinking that I'm pulling stuff from who I am, but it's really that I'm accidentally pulling it from somebody's post that I saw three days ago. And I didn't even realize because we're not consciously consuming. It's just like this endless stream of things coming in. So unfollow those people that you may or may not realize you're taking inspiration from. And then notice what you gravitate towards. When you're, when you're looking at things like what colors excite you. Again, I just go back to how do you talk with your friends about the things that it is that you're selling. So if it's closed, when you go to f- your favorite store and you buy something and you're telling your friend, you're texting your friend about it or talking to your husband about it. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so obsessed with this. The fit it's oversized. I love this. And the words that you use, maybe you wouldn't use obsessed. I use obsessed in every way that I talk about, like, but maybe that's not you. Maybe you use different language, but it's really as simple as like, how do you talk to the people in your life? How do you show up for the people in your life? What type of things do you like? What type of things when you're not in your business, when you're not thinking about branding, what types of things are you gravitating towards? Mm. Well, and I think there's this like seamless factor of there is a lot of you in your business and Mm. there is a lot of your business in you. Yes. You have to separate it for mental reasons, but like Mm -hmm. also they are reflective of each other and you can tell when someone is very misaligned. Mm -hmm. And when I say misaligned, it feels like what you're saying is they don't really either know or they're not comfortable, like just going after what it is they believe in. Mm -hmm. And it's like you, they feel that they have to look a certain way or act a certain way or have certain colors or speak to a certain audience to have success. Like I see a lot of times people, when they come to me, they're like, okay, well, my target client is this person. I'm like, no, it's not. That person doesn't want to buy from you. That person wants to buy from the person that looks like you talk to the person who looks like you and who, you know, their struggles, you know, their struggles in finding clothing that aligns with their style or their body type or whatever. Like that's who you talk to. I think people, the problem with branding and everybody starting to look like each other or feeling like they have to is this idea that we see somebody who's successful. We see a successful company. I'll do this with coaches all the time. I talked about this on my Instagram where subconsciously I didn't realize it, but I felt like all coaches had to be like a size zero blonde babe, which people who are like that are awesome. Like I look up to a lot of people like that, but it became important for me then to notice other people who looked more like me. I am definitely not a size zero blonde. And that to me, like opening your eyes and realizing you get to be successful however you want to be and however your brand feels best to look. Well, and I think that the fact that you unfollowed everyone, which I didn't notice, but that's brave, honestly, because you're basically saying, I am the source and generator of all my content from my own brain, from my own alignment. And you're almost using it as like a research tool in Mm -hmm. a certain way, or just think as a, oh, I want to check in on that person where it's not just being flooded. Because I do think a lot of people think they have to be like that successful, you know, I'll air quote that successful person. And it's just, you can see through it. Like I can see through Mm -hmm. people who are not aligned who think they have to be doing other things. 
When in fact, if they just got a little bit closer to who they really are and just accepted it and dealt with it, it would shift so much. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's when a lot of us start to get burnt out. Like if you're feeling burnt out in your business, look at your business and go, where am I showing up from a place where I feel like I have to show up this way? I feel like I have to be perfectly ready if I'm going to show my face on stories. Or I feel like I have to, you know, just whatever these limits are we're placing on ourselves. I think that's how we get burnt out is because we're trying to be like these other business owners that we see that we're inspired by. And that's great. I think it's great to, you know, be inspired and like see the possibilities. But when you're then putting yourself in that box, that's when it, yeah, it feels like misaligned and your customers, even if they can't straight up see that they can feel that they can feel when you're like trying to be a, you know? Yeah. Well, and energy is everything. I mean, I think honestly, for me, when I started to just be like, you know what, screw it. My makeup's not perfect. My hair's not perfect. I'm just going to go on stories and put on a filter. Or I'm going to post this picture that Greg randomly took. And, you know, I, I don't look all styled and made up because everyone has their perfect photo shoots. Like those are the pictures that people end up loving because yeah. they're like, oh my God, that's really you on a normal day that you're out for a walk. Mm-hmm. And everyone's bored of the perfection. Like everyone's so bored of like the overly filtered, perfect feed that every single photo looks exactly the same. Like people don't want that anymore. I mean, all the big, like huge influencers are talking about that. It's not about the perfectly curated photo shoots. It's about the realness. It's about like the connection to your audience. Mm-hmm. Well, and I even have read some articles. I want to say like it was even in the New York Times. Like it was in like a very big media outlet where they talked about how Gen Z, which I think is like teenagers basically right now, their Instagrams, their Snapchats, their TikToks are messy, are like raw, are like crappy lighting, you know, like so opposite of what we were kind of like raised in the Instagram culture. So it's going to be really interesting to see how long it takes all of us to sort of yeah on that or just, or just like get hip with it. Because I think like teenagers, they like know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we have to really stay on top of that to like know what the trends are, especially with media because they're the ones that are eventually going to drive it and be the consumers in five or 10 years. Yeah, exactly. And as a business owner, you've got to be willing to like, learn that to learn. And it's not exactly like, I don't think you need to be trying to be like an 18 year old, but it's staying on top of the trends. Like if you're going to be a business owner and if you're going to run your social media, figure out how to learn that and get more involved in that and get more inspired by that. Because if you're not willing to pivot, I mean, you see it with a lot of big companies where they're not changing. They're not listening to their customers. They're not listening to the things that people are wanting and they filter out. Because they're not willing to change and pivot with the times. I mean, Victoria's Secret's a beautiful example of yeah, that because they exactly. like are unwilling to extend their sizes or unwilling to have anything that's not sexy. And on one hand, as branding experts like you and I, you know, on one hand, it's like, you know what? They're sticking to their guns. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. putting a stake in the ground about who they are and what they're doing. And on the other hand, it's like, you're like missing a huge piece of the market. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also like with that, because it's, it's hard. Like the whole body thing is hard, especially in boutiques, because a lot of only like carry up to size large. That's like a very serious thing, but 
you can listen and appeal to your customer in a way where you don't have to change your whole model. You don't have to flip everything upside down. Like if Victoria's Secret had just started having a few models who were size 10s, I think people would have been like, that's awesome. (laughs) You know, but it's like, when companies like Savage, Rihanna's lingerie company are doing these crazy, like out of the box showing freaking pregnant people wearing their lingerie, like you've got to be willing to keep up. And if you, you can choose to stay small, but to me, like part of growing your brand is saying, how can I take this up a notch? How can I like, you know, expand this in a way that maybe I wasn't even thinking about. Nobody would have thought about putting pregnant women on like freaking one of the girls she like went into labor after the show. She was like that pregnant. It was like, it was like an insane thing. And like that, you've got to be willing to have fun with your brand and to play with your brand and just quit making it like so serious. And like, no, like we're only sexy size zero. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or even like trying to fit in any box is mm-hmm. hard. You know, there's that level of like, you want to be branded. You want to have a clear message. You want when people come to your Facebook or Instagram or whatever to know it's you. Yeah. But there's also the piece of it where it's okay to change. Like I just mm-hmm. redid all my branding for bootcamp. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the same colors. It's basically the same fonts. It's the same picture, but I just like freshened it up because yeah. I was like sick of the backgrounds. I was sick of the formats. And there's something fun about that to me. Yeah. Like, I think there's something fun about doing the graphic design, doing pictures. And I think more boutiques kind of need to think about this, get excited about it. Cause I think a lot of boutiques, especially new boutique owners, I think one of the very thing, the first things they get so worried about is like ordering the right merchandise Mm -hmm. and they forget to think as they're doing that, how is this going to photograph? How Mm -hmm. am I going to show it? Especially in the online world. Like you see this Mm -hmm. all the time is how does that communicate through photos and videos and social media? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like a lot of that you do have to make it feel fun and you have to learn how to do it. In the freaking beginning of my business, when I started taking Instagram seriously, I hated being on camera. I freaking hated recording stories of me like talking. I was so nervous and I felt like I had to be done up and my angle had to be perfect and whatever, but it's a practice thing. Like you're going to get better at taking pictures for your boutique. You're going to get better at, you know, maybe you DIY your own logo and like then six months later, you're like, crap, I need to redo that. It looks bad. Like that's the fun part of like experimenting and growing with your brand. Yeah. I mean, what helped you get more visible as, cause I think a lot of women can agree that, and, and men, I won't, you know, discount mm-hmm. that, but I think a lot of women feel the pressure to look at, you know, all that stuff mm-hmm. to be vis- like, I have to do X, Y, and Z before I can be visible. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you talk to someone like, who was struggling with that? How would you help them work through it? So they started to just say like, you and I are now at that, like, yeah. F it. Like, I don't yeah. have stories, you know? <laughs> yeah. When I start, cause I still will sometimes get in my head and I'm like, I don't want to show up today. I don't want to do this. I, it's scary with the internet. Cause you put it out there and it's there. And like, it, it just feels so permanent, even though it's not, I mean, stories go away in 24 hours, (laughs) but there's times where I still will get freaked out. I'm like, Oh, like an idiot. Or what was I talking about? Blah, blah, blah. So whenever I get in my mind, I just turn the focus back on the people I'm serving. And so when you're thinking that way, even if you don't feel like it, you're focusing on you and you're focusing on what do people think of me? What are, you know, are they judging me? Are they judging me for not being professional? Are they judging me for saying like too often? And I'll just take that. And I turn it back on 
What does my customer need me? How do they need me to show up? How can I serve them? How can I show them how to style a new look? What, what recommendation could I give them? Focusing back on them. And it's crazy how when you'll just switch that, like that narrative in your mind, you immediately can transition out of whatever it was that was like bringing you down that spiral. And it'll still come up randomly. It'll come up. But most of the time I find when it's hard for me to show up and then I'll do it, I'll switch it to my customer and think about them and how they need me. Those are the times that everybody's messaged me and they're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. I'm like, well, I'm so glad I said it. I almost didn't post it. I thought it was stupid, you know? Yeah. I think we're the biggest judgers. 100%. I mean, like we're our harshest judge. I mean, I remember I read Gabby Bernstein's judgment detox and mm-hmm. literally the whole first part about it is just how we judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even about judging other people. Mm-hmm. Most of the book, it's about us judging ourselves and how harsh we can be, but how that really blocks us for sh- from sharing like the cool stuff we found at market or yeah. the new way to style something that we came up with that is like, going to make women feel better about their bodies. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah. And honestly, like that's, everybody's thinking about themselves. Nobody's even judging you because they're busy thinking about the thing that they posted and wondered if people are judging them. Like the common, like thing at like a party, you're worried what everybody's thinking about you, but everybody is thinking the exact same thing about themselves. It's the exact same way with social media. Ugh, I love that. Are you wondering how to create a product assortment that really sells? Maybe you're confused about social media for your boutique and wondering what marketing strategies work right now. Perhaps you're getting ready to launch and you're just like, how much inventory do I really need? And what do I do as I grow? All right, listen, I have this course called Boutique Basics Bootcamp. And if you're wondering any of those things, you need to take it. Right now, we have it open for self-study, which means that when you sign up, you get access immediately. Boutique Basics Bootcamp is six modules with one to two hour training videos and 10 to 12 page workbooks for each module, meaning that you're gonna get a lot of content for a very little price. Maybe you're wondering if this course is really right for you. Well, I always say that if you're doing less than $3,000 a month, consistently in sales. You've been in business less than a year and a half, or maybe you're even just like looking to launch. This is your course. It's a basics course. You might think you know everything about how to open a boutique because you've read it all online or you've read my book. But what this course really is, is in depth about product assortment, in depth about identifying your ideal customer, in depth around how to launch your social media, how to get your face on video, and really fast track your way to growth and success that, you know, having to try to figure it out all yourself is definitely a lot harder. So all you need to do to learn more and sign up is head on over to www.boutiquebasicsbootcamp.com. We have the link in the show notes as well, but even if you Google Boutique Basics Bootcamp, it'll come up. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money as you're a new boutique owner. I think that visibility is for sure one of the biggest things I think new boutique owners struggle with. You've worked with a lot of boutique owners at at all different levels. Like, What would you say are some other things that are common themes that you see boutique owners struggling with? I think 
selling. Like I think people really have a hard time showing up and talking about their products. A couple nights ago, I talked about this on my podcast, but I had a lady come up to me in Target. It was like really late at night and I'm very paranoid. Like I'm very paranoid at night in stores. I'm like so afraid of being sex trafficked, which I'm probably not going to get sex trafficked. I'm like, definitely not. You're going to beat them (laughs) off. Like, cause you're a badass, but I'm very afraid of it. And so she came up, she was talking to me, starting conversation. And then obviously it it like ended. I was like, either she's going to try to convert me to a religion. I'm going to get sex trafficked or she's going to try to sell me something. (laughs) (laughs) I love that those are your first three thoughts. Honestly, sex trafficked was the first one. And then I was like, okay, I got to relax. I'm probably not going to get sex trafficked. It's either going to be religion or selling. And so she, she left and then she came back. She's like, I can't help but notice that like, you're so positive. What do you do for a living? Like, let me tell you about my company. And I was like, oh, geez. Wait, and are you just like in like the housewares section of Target? I was like reading books. Like I was like in the book section at night, just trying to enjoy myself. And this like, I think it was like her tactic because I heard her talking to somebody else. I was like, oh, well, God. however you want to hustle, you can hustle. But I think we're so used to that vibe around selling that we're mm. afraid to come off that way. Like after I was like, I just feel so yucky. Like that whole interaction was yucky. And that's how as women, we sometimes feel like we come off when we're selling. When in reality, you can come off that way. When you're, when you're blind messaging people and you're like, Hey, thanks for the follow or messaging people. Hey, have you take a look at my store? We we've seen all the bots of commenting, come take a look at our page. Like that's when that feels gross. But when you're just showing up and talking about your product, it's a completely different vibe. Your people, again, I said this before, but like, you're just talking to a friend about your products, making it that simple. The whole Apple conference that they do where they announce new products, people like freaking pay to go to that. People pay to be sold to. Selling doesn't have to be a dirty thing. It's as simple as educating your people on your products. And I think it's a thing, especially as women, we have a hard time asking for anything or talking about what we're doing because we feel like we're going to come off as needy or, and I think it goes a lot deeper than just the selling aspect of things, but so many more businesses in general, not even boutiques, but every single business, if you would talk about your products consistently, you would make more money. It would be the easiest way to make more money in your business. Oh, once you have products up and running, I mean, honestly, one of the reasons I talk so much about being consistent on social media is because you should be consistently selling. I mean, I've clearly seen it in my own business is the more I talk about something, the more I sell it. And so we've gotten into the strategy where even when we're not like doing a launch of a new product, we're still talking about all the, the, I mean, in our business, we call it passive income, but like the self-study things or the books or the, the things that are always going to sit there and make money. I mean, I notice when we send an email out or we post about it, like we'll sell a couple, you know, and on a random off day. And that's the thing. I think it's a missed opportunity for a yeah. lot of women because they're too scared to sell and they just think it's going to be hard or no one's going to yeah. want to buy it. Well, or- they think that they're taking away from something, but you're giving to people. When people buy your products, they're so excited and it's helping them change their life. When people buy a shirt or a dress from your store, they wear that to a job interview that they get the job because they're feeling confident. You're not taking anything away from people when you're selling. You're serving them by sh- like showing up and talking about your products. Well, and to be honest with you, the the Target woman, first of all, I need to know what she's selling after this, but like, <laughs> but like that Target woman has some guts to just do mm-hmm. like, even yes, it feels yucky, but like 
that takes a lot of guts to go I know, up to I someone. Honestly, I was like, yeah, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> like, also, what was she selling? She didn't ever tell me. So when she asked what I did for a living, I was like, oh, I'm a business coach. And like, I do really well. Like, I'm okay. Like I was at that point, I was really nice for up to that point. And then I was like shutting her down. So I was like, yeah. I'm over this. Like I'm trying yeah. to decide a book. So she got my number and she hasn't reached out to me. So I don't know what it was, but. She got the lead. She didn't yeah. get the sale yet, but <laughs> I mean, good. You know, yes, it's totally icky, especially when you can't read someone's energy that like they don't want to like talk about this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to admire her for the... I know. I did. I was like, well, that... She doesn't have any issues with, like, selling. I need, like, everybody who has a business to take 1% of what she had. And I think there's a way that she could have done that and been not so pushy about it. I also think I'm very, like, good at reading energy, so I knew what was going on straight away. Somebody... That probably works for her. She wouldn't be still doing it. But there's a way to make connections. And that's why I think social media is so great is because if you message me and we start a conversation in my DMs, it feels way less weird than like randomly coming up to me. Like it just, social media is the greatest platform because you can make hundreds of connections like that a day without having to leave the tub. Like you can be doing that whenever you're doing anything. I know. It's honestly crazy. And I think people's fear around social media is, or thinking they're bad at, like, you know, I hear, I just hear this a lot. People think, well, I'm nervous about social media. I don't think I'm good enough at it. Or they're just straight up like, oh, like, so it's just so, you know, it's like, they have a weird misconception about it, you know? But I think the way you're saying it is like, it's just a way to make connections. It's a way to like actually be social. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you, you can sell, you know, like we don't come out straight hammering people with a sale. But I do think that if more women could see social media as a way to connect with other women and therefore then eventually they'll turn into customers. Yeah, honestly. And like, entrepreneurship is lonely, no matter who you are. It like feels lonely and social media helps you find other people who have no proximity to you sometimes. And like, just knowing that you have these connections online, it can help with a lot of that. Like it can help with a lot of the loneliness that comes from running your own business. Totally. Would you say that you see like really big mistakes that boutique owners make or like online? Like, is there anything where you're just like, Ooh, stop doing that. I think, I don't know. I would say the number one mistake that I see is people trying to fit in a certain mold and trying to be a certain person or come off a certain way or them trying to be perfect. Like people can see through that. People can feel through that. But I also think a big mistake and it's not even really a mistake. It's like more just something you need to like help yourself grow out of is the lack of belief and the lack of belief in like every single area, the lack of belief that people want your products, the lack of belief that people look up to as an expert, as somebody who is a great stylist, as somebody who has this cool brand, it's like a lack of belief in themselves. Most of any of that stuff that's coming through with worth and having a hard time showing up, that's coming from like a lack of belief in like the powerful goddess that you are. And as soon as you can realize that all of the other stuff, you don't worry about it. You're not trying to show up as somebody else when you know that you're like a badass bitch, you know, I don't know. Are we allowed to swear? <laughs> I think so. I'll just like tell the moms in the intro to like make sure their kids aren't listening to this fun. We have a lot of like kid listeners. So 
Um, I think they're car passenger listeners. So we'll just like put a little note at the beginning. But those words are a really good representation of the energy that you're talking about. And so I don't want to edit them out because I totally agree that like when you start to believe and like, we'll just change it to like, goddess like when you do believe you are like a divine goddess and that like you are meant to be doing this and that you know the only person that's really stopping you is yourself then like that becomes you you move from a place of being a victim and being like well I don't I'm nervous yeah into this place of being really empowered and standing in your own truth and standing in a place where like you're saying you truly believe that what you're doing is Mm -hmm. what you're meant to be doing that you're going to help other people in the way that you're going to help them. And that success, like you said, is whatever you want it to be. There you go. Yeah, exactly. We just gave you like the keys to life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, what you were saying about like victim vibes that I think that's a really big thing that a lot of business owners in general, we think, Oh, well, I'm not good at social media. Oh, I'm not customers, my customers can't afford what I'm selling. I, I don't know what my brand is. I don't know how to create a logo. Like I didn't know how to do a lot of things in my business and my most successful clients didn't know how to do stuff in the beginning. They Googled things like you have literally the entire world in your phone. You can do like whatever you want. You can learn how to do whatever you want for free on YouTube. If you can't afford to take courses that condense it down, like taking back that power and realizing if you don't know how to do something, those people who you look up to, they didn't know how to do it in the beginning either. Nobody was born out of the womb knowing how to like show up and post on social media. (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) Well, and I'll tell you, I mean, our like mutual friend who introduced us, she came to me being like, I listen to all your free podcasts, you know, and she had you on her side helping her. And, you know, she, but she was hungry to learn. And when she came to me, she was already at like pretty high five figure months and was just like, okay, now I'm ready to like pay and learn more and get more help because I'm like at this level. But her drive and her hunger, I think is what sets her apart. And I think a lot of people try to be like her thinking that it's easy, but they don't see the behind the scenes of how hard she works and how, how much time she puts in to like learning and growing and even now, three years in, she's still learning and growing. Yeah. Well, it's like with every single successful business owner that you see, you see them show up on social media for whatever, however much a day, but you're not seeing the hours behind the scenes that they're binge listening podcasts. Like I remember in the beginning of when she was starting her business, she was always listening to her podcast. If she didn't have anything to do, she was listening to her podcast. If you're sitting there clueless about what should I be doing to grow my business right now? Learn something, learn something new. Ask yourself, okay, what's the next step I want to take in my business? How can I learn how to do that myself? If you have the extra time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel like for you has been like a big turning point in your business that has impacted it financially? I think trusting myself and learning that sometimes the things that I want to do, it doesn't make sense. Like it won't make sense. Like 
behind the scenes. So for example, my, I did a retreat in the beginning of January and it was the best, funnest thing I've done in my business. But I, I really held off doing it because I make a lot of money selling courses. And so I was like, well, a retreat, I have to put, I have to invest a lot more. I barely made any money off my first retreat. And after it happened, it was the best thing ever. And now I like want to do thousands of retreats, but I, it didn't make sense financially in that moment. And I was trying to work it out in my mind. And when I get to in my mind and I'm like, well, the numbers have to make sense instead of trusting that feeling deep down where it's like, no, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to write a book. You're supposed to do a course on this. Even if it feels like, everybody's telling you no, that feeling, that is like your personal inner guidance. And the more I trust that, the more I see like huge financial wins in my business. And everyone has that. It's not like something that it's just, oh, well, I'm intuitive. Like literally everybody has that inner compass and like, you've got to learn how to trust that. I totally agree. I mean, it's so interesting. I said on my recent vacation that I was not going to plan, you know, we had a couple things planned, but I was going to pretty much go on intuition about what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do each day. And when it felt like I didn't want to be at the pool, I was going to, I want to go back to the room and read, you know, and not feel guilty about Mm -hmm. following my intuition. Cause I think that's for me, you know, the external demands and my internal voice sometimes have conflicts because I think, oh, I should be doing this. I should, oh, I'm, I'm only on vacation for this amount of time. I should make the most of it and be at the pool all day, whatever. But when I started to like use my intuition during the course of that week, it was just like everything was guiding me to these cool things and like yeah. random things were opening up. Honestly, to the point that like we came home and outside of our door was a money tree from a neighbor who had moved out. And they were like, we just wanted to pass this on to you for good luck. And and it was like kind of a sign for me for some things I had been thinking about on the trip. And I was just like, whoa. Like, so cool. Yeah. And but you're, you're totally right. Is we, we don't listen to our gut because we think we should, mm-hmm. whatever externally is happening, we think that's, that's the true situation, not what our gut's telling us. And maybe you're listening I always follow my gut, but most of us don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, I love how you were saying, like, it comes down to the little things. Like, no, I don't want to be at the pool. Like, I want to read. Why do we force ourselves to be at the pool if we don't want to be at the pool? Why do we force ourselves to go to that family event when nobody's going to care if we go to the family event? Or maybe they are, but we're going to feel a lot better if we stay home and watch Netflix. Like, it's so silly we put all these, like, demands on ourselves and it wears us out. Like, running a business takes a lot of energy. And so you do have to be aware of when your body is like, no, like, don't do this, do something else, reschedule the launch, like trust that. I I think a lot of people, they're external. Just look at the way that we've been. I mean, we were talking a little bit about like human design, but everybody's been conditioned to live their life the exact same way. Go to, go to high school to prepare for college, to prepare for your job, to prepare for retirement, to prepare for death. Like you're literally living this life. That's like, what's the point if we're just all living on the same path? That's not how we were designed to be with our own like unique individuality. A hundred percent. And even, I mean, earlier I was talking to my therapist about this where she said, you know, there's certain things in my life that there's not a template for. Mm -hmm. And so who do I even go? How do I even figure this out when there is no template for it? 
Well, you figure it out by trusting your intuition mm-hmm. because you have all the guidance inside you that you need, you know? Mm-hmm. And it really kind of blew my mind to think about how, what are the templates that we're all sort of filling in the boxes for that we think we need to? And when are we all going to just be ready to throw the template out the door and do whatever the hell we want? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like, look at how, where you are in your career now, you would have never been able to plan out the exact steps that took you here when you started. Like no. we have no idea who we're going to reach out to, who we're going to collaborate with, who, like, if you're trying to plan all of that to the T, you're going to go crazy. And it's also not going to work. No. I mean, I remember someone saying to me once, it's great to create a business plan when you start a business, but mm-hmm. don't think that after the first six months to a year, that's going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. You're going to constantly be revising it. You're going to constantly be editing it. And I think honestly, you know, we're, it's funny we're we've been building a course for the past I mean, I've been really building it for like a year now, but like very (laughs) intensely over the past six to eight weeks. And when I look at it, I'm like, wow, like I'm doing it so much more intentionally. I used to do so much other stuff just more by my gut, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but this is something that's a little bit bigger, a little bit meatier. And so we're, we're kind of step-by-step planning it rather than like on the fly Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing it. But my team is like, how did you do this on your own for so long? And I was like, I just trusted my guy. I like listened to the people. I listened to their questions and I, my gut was like, do this. And I just did it and it worked. And and then I tweaked and then I pit, like you said, you know, you pivot and figure things out, but absolutely not. Did I think I would be where I am even honestly, like two years ago, I think about even 2017, 2018, like I don't know. It's just things are really different now than I thought. And I think giving yourself permission to open up to the fact that things can ebb and flow mm-hmm. is part of that trusting your gut. Yeah. Well, and it's like when we're trying to plan every detail, it's not going to be near as good as if we will just surrender to, of course, like planning, planning helps relieve a lot of the stress. Like there's a lot of like good parts about planning certain things, but when the overall bigger picture, you're not super attached and like freaking clenching onto it. If you do that, yeah, you could like maybe force the universe into delivering a certain way. But what if the universe has a plan for you? That's like 20 times bigger than you could even imagine. Ugh, so so much more fun to think about it like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man. And it takes away the pressure. Like I don't want the pressure of having to figure out every single detail. I want to be able to like relax and just be driving and be like, oh yeah, okay, that's the next step. Like it actually, once you can lean into that trust, it makes it a lot easier, the whole business thing. Yeah. I love that. Such good advice. Where can we find you, Kins? So my main platform is Instagram and my handle is Kinsco World. It's K-I-N-Z-C-O-W-O-R-L-D. It's spelling B vibes. So it's like I don't really <laughs> spell my handle. And then you can find everything else there. There's links to my podcast and anything fun that I'm working on will be on my Instagram. So good. And you actually interviewed me on your podcast too. Yeah, so I did. It's one that's of my a most good thing to circle back. episodes. Yeah. It's what? A good you guys need to go listen to it. Oh my God. It was a really fun. We always have fun when we talk. I always feel like we're really good at just riffing even yeah. and like getting to a place. Even when we were in Vegas, I was like, I came home and I was like, I got to like research the stuff that you told me about. <laughs> and I have to like think of it this way about Greg and human design stuff. And we should just do a whole podcast on human design at some point. Yeah, so interesting, but it's been so good to have you. And I think everyone should be following you if they're not just, yeah, you are following two people. 
<laughs> You're crazy. I love it. Yeah, a bunny and a dog. Yeah. Yeah, cute. Okay. It was hard. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It was like social media is so weird because I was so worried of offending people. Like I'm like you know what I mean? Like somebody unfollows you, you find out you're like, Oh, they don't follow me. And then I just had to remind myself. That's a stupid rule we put on ourselves. That's not reality. It's way more important that I go and like consciously check in to see what somebody's working on than randomly scroll through my feed. Yeah, we'll see. Right. I might follow more people eventually, but Ooh, it's- I'm going to, I'm going to go and unfollow people, a lot of people and probably just like only follow like clients. And- it feels so good. It's like, yeah. take, so I, I honestly felt like it was like a cord cutting thing. Like it was like, I felt like I had an attachment to every person I was following. And then it was like, no, like cutting the cords. It's like, there's really only probably 200 people I care about following. Yeah. But then we're all following like over a thousand people. It's like, what are we doing with our time? And then we don't even see the people that we want to see their content, you know? Yeah. Social media is a funny place, but I love it. All right. So everyone go unfollow everyone. (laughs) and I, we can be your (laughs) (laughs) Go follow her for sure. And yeah, we'll put all your info in in the comments, uh, the show notes and everything. But thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review your boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it and don't forget head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more